With its 38,000 students, the Aurora Public School District is one of the largest in the state. With its students from 130 countries of origin speaking 160 languages, the APS is the most internationally diverse district in Colorado. Greetings again, I'm Adam Morgan. Gaining consistent student achievement in English is enough of a challenge. However, when you achieve six consecutive years of student achievement, with 29 of its 63 schools becoming Blue Ribbon Performance Schools, that is getting a top-notch job of education accomplished. A unique aspect of the Aurora Public Schools is its last superintendents have not been career professional educators. For the last nine years, guiding the district through the challenge of a pandemic, school safety to consistent achievement has been a career lawyer, attorney Rico Mund. I, I guess the first question I need to ask you right off the top, because Aurora now has a legacy of, of a couple of superintendents that were not professional educators when they began. What attracted you to this particular job as superintendent? Well, I've got a degree in secondary education, and my whole career I stayed involved in education policy. So I've always been very concerned and very focused on the issues. Um, when the superintendency of Aurora opened up, um, it was a district where my kids were attending. It was something that was very near and dear to my heart, and I thought I had something I could contribute. You are an attorney there, so going from the uh, legal world to education, uh, that can be a culture change, a culture shock. Definitely it can be, yeah. You know, the one thing that um, pointing out pointed out in the intro is that Aurora is one of the state's largest school districts, but what a lot of people don't know is that Aurora is also probably the most international school district we have in the state. 130 countries you have students from speaking 160 languages, 42% doing ESL. Wow, how do you teach that type of diversity so that they understand uh, you know, the math and the science and everything else, because translation can be challenging. Well, yes, we are one of the most diverse school districts in the country, quite honestly, when you look at uh, the demographics that we cover. Yeah. Uh, but we see it as just a form of complexity, right? Um, kids have complex lives, and our diversity is another part of that complexity. We embrace that, and we know that it's a strength for our kids in our district because they can get, you know, essentially exposure to the world uh, down the street at their local elementary school or any part of our district. Uh, we really embrace that, and we've got wonderful educators who are trained in how to provide uh, English language structures and supports for our students, how to meet standards uh, by supporting our students uh, as they make that transition to English language proficiency. Yeah. And they work incredibly hard to know our students and to identify what their needs are. And then we also have a great team that works through a variety of both translation devices and also technology to provide the appropriate translation to our parents and to our community so that we have a real connection to all the work that we're doing. Because you have the world at your doorstep, because they came to you, do some of your educators take advantage of that and recognize special days back in their home countries or have them wear their same uh, uh, garb that they would wear there so that uh, American students can be and have a, a real good degree of international exposure right there in the classroom. Well, I'd say across our schools, our educators do a whole host of things. One, to welcome students, but also to expose students to other cultures, everything from 
some of the cultural days, as you uh, kind of were referencing, to uh, units that talk about uh, how do different parts of the world experience different things that mm-hmm. are happening in our world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got 63 schools now. you have anything planned as Aurora continues to expand northeast toward Bennett? Have any new charters on the horizon for the school year, Tech, G&T? Yeah. Well, first, we're excited that uh, this year we are starting two brand-new uh, magnet schools. Uh, one is the Clara Brown Entrepreneurial Academy. That's close to 225 and uh, Mississippi. And the second is the Charles Burrell Performing Arts K-12 Campus, oh, wow. which is uh, close to 11th and uh, kind of Peoria. In mm-hmm. that area. And that's uh, branching into to be a, a strand into Aurora Central High School. So those are starting up this year. Uh, and then as we look out east, as the district grows and develops, uh, we are building a brand-new P8 right now uh, in the Aurora Highlands development. Yeah. Uh, and we've approved the building of a new uh, school in the uh, kind of at the Stephen, Steve Hogan Parkway intersection uh, close to E470. And we don't yet have plans for that, uh, but it's been approved. We have funding for it, and we'll get that up and running Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next year or so here. It's got to be exciting with the Charles Burrell Performing Arts there, named for the first uh, African-American playing with the uh, Colorado Symphony Orchestra. Uh, exactly. We're, we were excited to uh, to meet Mr. Burrell. Or it's so great to have a namesake who is still with us and to have him as part of this process. Um, and we're excited to welcome students in those doors here in the next couple of days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell you what, you got to be uh, really, really happy putting a smile on your face with that 79% four-year graduation rate. How do you get that accomplished? Well, we're excited. Uh, we've really seen a growth in our graduation over the last number of years. Uh, we know that we will, uh, like everybody else, experience some challenge because of the pandemic. But as we've seen students grow and into a higher graduation rate up into the mid-70s, uh, we're really excited that our, more and more of our students have an opportunity because we're also seeing an increase in our college going rates, a decrease in our remediation rates that track mm-hmm. that increased graduation rate. And then we're really incredibly proud of the fact that it's happening for all of our students. So for our uh, major demographics, our black students, white students, Hispanic students, their graduation rates are all kind of within that same margin uh, of success. Yeah, good, good. A school district that works for all students and the educators that are doing it. The one thing that caught my eye, too, is that you're number one in student workforce credentials. What career areas are they exploring? You know, it's the whole gamut. You know, we made a commitment going back into 2015 that we wanted to start understanding and tracking how many of our students were graduating with a diploma, but also with a, an additional credential. Mm-hmm. And that might be a a specific workforce credential, or that might be college credit. And we've really uh, put significant resource and focused into that in our system. And then really utilizing Pickens Tech, which we think is uh, one of the premier technical colleges in the country, helps students explore different opportunities. So everything from all of the allied health fields to construction management to manufacturing, and then a lot of um, diesel mechanic and uh, all of the emerging fields and technology as well. That's got to be uh, really important now that some rethinking is being done to uh, all students really don't have to go to college to have good careers. And so you're 
positioning them with the uh, workforce certificate so that they can do exactly that. Well, we are committed to the belief that it's our students and families who decide what success is. And we want to be in a position that they can make that choice. If that choice is college, that's wonderful. If that choice is the military or directly into the workforce, uh, we value all of those choices. But we want to put them in a, into the position where they get to make that choice. You spoke of technology a minute ago, too. Do all Aurora public schools have uh, students have access to technology, or is that still growing or expanding between the schools that you have? The pandemic forced all of us to accelerate our technology processes and access. And so uh, we became a one-to-one district uh, during the pandemic in supporting our students to have uh, typically Chromebooks or other devices to be able to uh, access their learning at any time. Yeah, I've got a grandson that goes to school in uh, Arvada. As it, he started kindergarten, they gave him a tablet. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm still learning to use a tablet. He's six and doing it. So uh, They are very adept on those machines. Yes, yes, they most do it exactly that. You talked about COVID. COVID is going to be with us. It looks like it's going to be with us a much more longer term. Are you looking at plans or are you looking at some things from the early part of the pandemic you had to put into place that are going to continue whether or not COVID continues or not simply because it enhances education? Well, as we shift into an endemic phase, we know we need to be providing consistency and stability for our students yeah. and really letting our students' needs and our da- and the data dictate how we serve our students. That's where we get our sense of urgency from. Uh, We put out a report uh, at the end of uh, last year uh, that looked at what the lessons learned were from the pandemic. And I think we are definitely drawing from those lessons. Uh, That includes the technology, as we spoke about a minute ago, but also includes having a very adept and flexible understanding of what equity for our students are. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes meeting our students' basic needs uh, was the most equitable thing we could do in order to access their education. Now, some uh, experts and pundits have said, well, the pandemic put all students behind, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you have learned the same way I know, having been an educator's husband for a while, that students learn at different rates anyway. And when you get into college, there's no acceptance, that no standard that you got to get out of college in four years. So are kids going to catch themselves up or they're just going to learn at the rate they're going to learn and they'll learn whatever whatever you put in front of them until it's time for them to graduate. We know that the pandemic exacerbated all of the existing inequities in our system and across all society. Yeah. And if we don't take aggressive intervention actions, our students will be further behind than they would have been uh, without the pandemic. And so that's one of the reasons we're very thankful for the federal dollars to allow us to uh, try new strategies and new ways of accelerating learning. Mm-hmm. We, can't, uh, we can't artificially you know, implant knowledge in kids' heads, obviously, uh, but we can provide more opportunities and more structures to make sure that students have the opportunity to accelerate where they would have been um, without intervention. I know you probably have a higher emphasis on student and school safety. That's got to be number one, and it's probably changed 180 degrees since the time you started from the events that have been happening around the country. Well, there's been obviously tragic events that have happened in Uvalde, Buffalo, Tulsa, 
but we're no stranger to it. You know, Aurora had the Aurora Theater shooting. Yeah. And then obviously across Colorado, there have been tragedies of gun-related violence. Uh, we've been very mindful of what we need to do to have a safe and healthy learning environment for many years. We have a comprehensive framework that thinks about uh, what it means to have strong relationships with our families, to have good communication with our families and our students, and also a connection with our local law enforcement that provides for a health and safety environment. And then also we have gone to our voters and asked for support to uh, support our physical environment so that we have security vestibules in all of our elementary and K-8 schools and other uh, physical things to make sure that we're providing uh, the safest environment possible for our kids. Yeah, it's got to be a very, very big load on you and the other uh, 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 staff and, uh, and leadership there because at the end of the day, you have parents who are putting their children in your hands. And so making sure that they're safe almost comes before uh, making sure their education is, is, is perfect as well. Well, I think it's important to always remember we're in the business of education. And what that means is that we have to provide a good environment for that to happen. So we don't think of it as a separate thing, mm-hmm. but part and parcel of what needs to happen in order to provide a good educational environment. Did you have to add more counselors after the uh, incident in Uvalde so that your kids could better manage and understand what was going on there? I know you have enough mental health counselors to start with, but when incidents like that arise, sometimes you need a little more uh, support and strength for them. Well, we were very fortunate that in 2018, our voters supported a mill levy Mm -hmm. uh, that provided millions of dollars to mental health supports. And so we began providing more supports in that space in the 1819 into the 1920 school year. Uh, but of course, whenever there are flashpoints in society, uh, we reach out to partners like Aurora Mental Health, uh, like Children's Hospital, to provide additional support for our kids yeah. to make sure they're getting everything they need. On this edition, with the reopening of schools on the near horizon, we touch base with Superintendent of Aurora Public Schools, Rico Munn, who updates us on the developments in APS for the forthcoming year. We'll continue our conversation with him on our next edition. Now, before we go, do be reminded that the annual Salute to Seniors, All Theme Senior, is virtual again on August 12th and 13th. Produced by the Colorado Gerontological Society Senior Answers, you can check all the details online at SeniorAnswers.org. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get your vaccines and boosters for your health and your family's safety, and we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.